this is Ebony, and I am recording a part two to episode 10 um, on mental health and self-care. And I'm actually here with a, I don't know, is it like licensed? Like, I mean, a psychiatrist, because um, there were a lot of people that wrote in and had questions that I, you know, am not able to answer. And so I'm actually here with my cousin, Camila, who recently finished her residency. Yay! Hey, thank you, thank and you. And is like a legit, full-fledged doctor. And so I, um, you know, we're going to have a, a kind of casual um sort of casual conversation about mental health right and so and we you know we're gonna i'm also here holding her adorable dog and so there might be a little bit of background noise but that's all right yeah okay so maybe the first thing and because you brought this up um you're like are you licensed (laughs) yeah i don't know how that yeah so Uh i think one of the big things um especially with people of color is just like understanding different levels of like mental health providers Mm -hmm. so one of the big things for me i'm a psychiatrist um and differentiating between a psychiatrist and a psychologist Mm -hmm. um so i went to medical school um i am a physician so just from an easy lazy standpoint i can prescribe medication right Mm -hmm. Um, I have studied medicine and I practice medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So went to med school and then I just completed um, four years of residency. So, <laughs> um, so I'm board eligible in psychiatry, which is pretty exciting. Insert um, applause. <laughs> but um, I'm also your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to the last episode. I was like... You don't know anyone in your family. <laughs> I, oh, well, that I've had actual... Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay, I was, okay. I'm not a grown-up, though. Yeah. Is that what well, it is? Also, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I you think didn't I see me like, as a grown-up. Yeah, like my parents, grandparents yeah. who had these conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't a thing. <laughs> also, um, but I agree. Like, we didn't have conversations about mental health, and we just don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And then psychologists are PhDs, Mm -hmm. right? So um, they study um, like theory and they're usually, um, they do like assessments, but both of us. So this is usually where there is like um, this unnecessary, and I think a lot of people do, like which ones prescribe meds and Mm -hmm. which ones do therapy. Mm -hmm. And we can get a little bit technical and say that like um in some states psychologists if they get additional training can prescribe meds but um we all do therapy right so although i prescribe medication i'm also trained in um in particular in different types of um, therapeutic modalities so my training has mostly been psychodynamic and um cbt dbt um specifically treating um, certain um, diagnoses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as well do psychologists. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of the difference that like we're physicians mm-hmm. um, in their PhDs, but we're all called doctor. Mm-hmm. Right? And so yeah. I think a lot of people get confused about that because they're like, do I need to see the talk doctor or the medication doctor? Mm, yeah. So, um, and you can see both. 
Yeah. But generally, when people think of medication, they think of us, which I think limits us mm -hmm. as psychiatrists. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we feed into that, that we don't do enough talking mm -hmm. and we do too much prescribing. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's my black people stuff mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Like, um, and um, that psychologists usually, um, if they are doing therapy, mm -hmm. are doing specific therapeutic modalities, right? Yeah. So. Okay. So I all the questions that I have are pretty big. Okay. Um. So <laughs> you were saying earlier, like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of loaded. Um. But I, you know, I had a few people actually kind of DM us and like, how do I know if I have blank? So first, I'd like to ask you what some potential symptoms are of. I mean, I guess maybe any common uh, like um, mental health issues or mental disorders, but specifically, I guess, depression and anxiety for people that were specifically concerned about that. Okay. So what, so one of the things either within yourself or like if you're thinking of a loved one or a friend or a family member, because I think that often um, people think that depression is just, kind of being tearful and crying a lot, and that can be a symptom of depression, but um, from kind of a clinical diagnostic standpoint, we look for different criteria, and that's one of them, mm -hmm. right? So um, one of the things that we look for are people who just like subjectively kind of report having a depressed mood most of the time, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it can, um, feeling sad, feeling down, and this is really kind of your state of being, right? And um, that finding joy is something that you, you struggle with and you have a difficult time with. Um, and then we also look at, and this might, you know, not necessarily be what I would expect someone who is not trained to do this, but what as we can all do for ourselves and for the people that we care about to recognize these things. And... Um, also sleep disturbances so sleeping too much but also not being able to get to sleep mm -hmm. so um laying in bed at night and um having so many things on your mind that are worrying you and i don't mean like you have a big test tomorrow you can't sleep mm -hmm. you know i mean just like all the time this kind of constant insomnia and things that worry you and keep you up at night um or just sleeping too much mm -hmm. Um, we look at energy. So um, do you feel fatigued all the time? And there's no other explanation. Another thing is that we also want to make sure that this is one of the benefits of um, also going to see a psychiatrist is that medically, because there are medical conditions that can look like depression. Mm. Um, and so are you getting regular medical checkups? Uh, do you have lab work? done because before I diagnose someone who has never been depressed with depression I'm also going to check certain labs to make sure I'm not missing a medical condition mm -hmm. that can explain why they're presenting like this right um, weight gain weight loss um, sometimes that is not necessarily consistent with appetite but also loss of appetite and increased appetite right so some people for them depression is eating a lot it's not being able to control what they eat. And with some people, it's no appetite at all. You don't want to eat. You have no energy. You want to lay in the bed and not do anything. Um, 
And then um, difficulty with concentration or your ability to think, right? So not being able to plan things, not being able to focus, not being able to, um, you know, concentrate on things that previously you were able to do, right? Um, and then I think another important one, um, primarily what we do think about too, is like thoughts of death. And it's not always um, active. So it's not always I want to go in my life. Sometimes it's I wish I didn't wake up in the morning. Right. So it's not necessarily the thought that I want to go kill myself, but it's life isn't worth living or what I'm experiencing is too difficult that it would be easier not just to wake up. And that was like the difference kind of what we call like passive and active suicidal ideation. So an active suicidal Ideation would be like I'm making a plan and this is how I'm going to kill myself and in my life passive is You know if I was in a car accident that would be fine mm. um, And all of those things though Both represent a certain amount of internal suffering, right? And so sometimes we don't necessarily we don't have the insight to call that depression and that's where a professional comes in. And sometimes it's hard to hear. And sometimes we already know it. We just need someone to tell it to us, mm -hmm. right? And the people we care about can see it as well. So like I said, recognizing it in yourself and also in other people. And that from a cultural standpoint, I, depression might look different. Some people might express... Um, they're suffering more with physical symptoms where they feel physically sick or their anxiety might come out as stomach aches mm. or um, headaches. And really it's anxiety, right? Yeah. And really getting down to the core of it um, or that depression isn't necessarily expressed or manifested in sadness, but it looks more like anger, mm -hmm. right? So when you can't focus when you're feeling down then you're more snappy at people you're you're more aggressive you um have a more difficult time controlling your temper and really um some of it of it is just being um just being able to be vulnerable to acknowledge that you don't have to have everything together all the time mm -hmm. and that sometimes it's okay to ask for help Okay, well, actually, I, I do have a question. Okay. So, how long do, how long should these symptoms persist before you are concerned? So, feeling down for yeah. a couple of days versus, you know, and I know that for some people, this is like, it's um not sporadic, but like, you know, it happens in spurts. Like, maybe you might be feeling this way this week, and then maybe next week, but not every day. Right. Like, so, at what point is it, you know... Um, I don't know, maybe the difference between like, I'm, I don't know, I'm having these symptoms maybe for a couple of days and then they go away or maybe every six months, mm. you know? So one of the things to keep in mind, there's different types of depression, mm -hmm. right? Um, so like seasonal affective disorder, especially in people who live in like environment, like where there's winter mm -hmm. where the sun is not out like that, that is a very real, real thing that people mm -hmm. experience. Um, but um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder would be another example that some people really do have a difficult time before their menses comes on. And we can treat that with medication. However, the most important thing is um, functional impairment. Mm -hmm. 
Do you get to the point where it is impacting your life and your relationships? That's when it's time to seek help. That is the difference between I am having a bad day, I am owning that I am in a crappy mood, and I'm going to lay on my couch and eat ice cream and don't fuck with me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and the next day you're fine. Mm-hmm. We're all allowed to have that. We just are. Like, it happens to the best of us. And I think that owning how we feel and not pretending to be okay mm-hmm. is okay. It's okay to be like, you know what? And I think like what you talked about before, that's what self-care is. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it is okay to take a step back mm-hmm. and be like, you know, I, I'm just not feeling it today or I feel down. And, and owning those emotions because... I think there's an argument to be made that pretending to be okay and not taking care of yourself when you're not might be the thing that fuels depression. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> like, it's also a bigger relationship. Yes. And then you get to the point you're completely overwhelmed and everything's falling apart and you don't know what to do because those moments when you should have honored yourself, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and that is also a real chemical imbalance. So I don't want to minimize it and just say, oh, like if you take better care, like. Like, no, like depression is real. It's a chemical imbalance. It can be triggered by stressors, by specific events. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, it doesn't necessarily have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is one of the, you know, difficulties of dealing with mental illness. Yeah. Okay. So, just because you have a mental health diagnosis does not mean that you are not like accountable for your behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Like depending on the diagnosis, right? And often people have are misdiagnosed. So that is some shit that like we really, really, I feel like have to talk about. Like one, what is your real diagnosis versus what your family says is wrong with you yeah. <laughs> versus like what some clinician who wrote check marks on a piece of paper and said, oh, okay, you're endorsing all these symptoms. You must have X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. And how many misdiagnoses there are. Mm -hmm. And I have countless stories of, like, people presenting with certain symptoms. And when you actually do a detailed assessment, you realize that, like, oh, shit, like, this isn't ADHD. This isn't this is fucking trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or this is um, whatever, usually trauma. Um, And having people in missing the appreciation of what is a real diagnosis versus what is a symptom, right? Mm -hmm. So like anxiety is a symptom of PTSD. It's also a diagnosis. So, and people can explain that they're anxious and people love to self-diagnose, right? And I'm anxious and this is that thing and I have X, Y, and Z. Um, And depending on whether they're ready to hear it or not, because people aren't often ready to hear or can be receptive to what you think might be going on with them or to what is really going on with them. Um, And so it's easier to say that I just have anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Than to say I have PTSD Mm -hmm. or that I have um, a personality disorder Mm -hmm. or that I have um, depression, Mm -hmm. right? Because even like we talk about mental health stigma, but even within mental health, there are certain diagnoses that are stigmatized and certain that are not. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> okay, so like so you know people people love to be like I'm bipolar you're not bipolar yeah that's that and that's an issue too is that there are tons of there are tons of mental health disorders that get thrown out thrown around like very colloquially yes yes, like I'm bipolar because I go off on people because I have an attitude because like I have mood swings (laughs) maybe you're just an asshole (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Ma- I think that's going to be the title. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have a personality disorder. Yeah. Bipolar sounds cute. That gives you an excuse, mm-hmm. right? But like there is a very specific set of clinical criteria that I am looking for when people tell me that they are bipolar, they think they're bipolar. A lot of the times they have a personality disorder. Mm. Um or they lack appropriate coping mechanisms, Mm. right? So you don't know how to deal with stresses, so you mad and you go off on people, right? Mm. Because that's what your mama did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that's what everyone around you did. Um, Because you cuss people the fuck out when they piss you off. Mm -hmm. But that shit ain't right, right? (laughs) Like, that's not bipolar. Um, And then when I actually... And I do. I take a lot of time to, like, diagnostically go through what is bipolar. Because sometimes people are, I mean, people do have bipolar disorder. Yeah. That It's real, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it affects your ability to function normally. Mm-hmm. And it's debilitating. And it's traumatic to yourself and to um, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, ah. it's just a lot of times it's not what you think it is. Right. Yes. Right. Because we like have our hood diagnosis. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Those, hood yeah. diagnoses are important because a hood doctor recognizes, and this is what I talk about about like the competency and the compatibility. Like when you tell me that, I'm like, oh, so you do X, Y, and Z, and it's like, yes, that's exactly what I do. I'm bipolar, right? Like. Mm, Probably not. Yeah. I don't know if it's called, is it called intake form or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those like pre-screening surveys that you have, that they have you fill out are confusing because a lot of times they ask you to check, like, are you, you know, these things. And so, but yes, used to have to like, okay, so I've, I have heard these things or I have heard that these things are are defined in these ways. And so I'm checking these boxes, even though they might not be accurate, you know? And so it's, I mean, I would, I would. I don't know. I think it might might be more beneficial to have the symptoms kind of listed. It's like, so do you ever feel this way or whatever, as opposed to like, do you have anxiety? Yeah. Do you have these things? Because anxiety means different things for different people. Right, 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 right. right. So, um, you know, there's no easy way to answer that. Um, I think from a like from a professional standpoint, without being too convoluted and overcomplicated, like it's. It's good to have those basic things to make sure you're asking those questions, but it is also lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do Now, do I expect your, should you expect your surgeon? <laughs> you yeah. Like, yeah. Versus your family medicine, your pediatrician, your psychiatrist to be asking you certain questions. Um, and it is good for screening and asking additional questions, but you should not be diagnosing from that. I think that what's important for patients is being honest about what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's hard because one, we don't trust people. Mm -hmm. Um, and we want to present like we have it all together. Right, right. And I think, too, like you're saying, a lot of times people have been encouraged to go in and talk to um, to go in and talk to someone from other people. And they a lot of times want to suppress those like characteristics that they think have like, you know, prompted yeah. other people, you know. And so I think but I think that those are things that could deter someone from going in to see somebody at all is like. Do, is this person going to judge me? Or this yeah. fear that, like, um, that ultimately, like, results in, like, some kind of paralysis where they don't do anything. Right. Um, but I don't know if you want to comment on that, but I had one last question. Um, that, like, how do you tell the difference between something that's, like, your personality and something that is potentially a symptom of something? Okay. So, to address the first thing, mm-hmm. um, there is always a potential to be judged, to feel judged, to feel like you won't be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I don't ever think that that's um, a good reason to not be honest. Mm-hmm. So, if you meet with someone for therapy, for whatever reason, and there is n- nothing to lose by being honest. There was mm-hmm. a lot to lose by going, but first of all, your time. Mm-hmm. Second of all, um, if you're going to be helped and you're not being honest, then you're wasting your own time, yeah. right? So I guess a good question for that, and maybe it could help people that are listening, is like, how do you go about choosing someone? Trial and error. Mm-hmm. Every therapist ain't for everybody. <laughs> and, that, and there's something to gain from that experience, right? Like, so I've seen... So, um, I've seen therapists, right? Mm-hmm. First time in, I'm like, this ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, after our first session, I'm like, this isn't gonna work. But some of it is my own training where I'm like, look, I'm comfortable enough now seeing a white male, but we don't have to talk about the fact that you're a white male, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm at a point where like, I can go in with that. But in the past, I wasn't, right? And I felt like, this person has all these biases and the way that they're engaging with me. And what a lot of us do is we say, it doesn't work for me because I had this one experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, that was one experience. How many girlfriends have you had? How many boyfriends have you had? Mm-hmm. Did you not date mm-hmm. because one relationship didn't work out? Mm-hmm. Like eventually, like you'll yeah, meet yeah, someone yeah. who matches with you, right? Eventually you'll meet a doctor that you know when you walk in, you get it. And maybe you don't know when you walk in, you get it. Maybe it takes time. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, it's a lot, like, it's a relationship. It's mm-hmm. a professional relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty of it, though, and this is another thing that, like, so people, a lot of my patients are like, well, I don't need, or not even just patients, friends. I don't need to talk to anyone. And I'm like, no, you actually do. <laughs> because I have my mom Mm -hmm. your mom is your mom Mm -hmm. there was something beautiful about having really someone who is unbiased who has nothing to gain that your mama cannot give you Mm -hmm. right Um, and that is like the beauty of mental health care of Mm -hmm. self care right Um, is allowing because like I'm just gonna say it like you know 
maybe some of your hangups are with sexual orientation or mm-hmm. with religious preferences are actually with your mama. Right? <laughs> like you can't talk to your mama about your mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she's not trying to hear that shit. Yeah. But it might be very real to you. Um, and something that you really need to talk about and you can't experience growth and healing until you process it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of it is just, you know, you keep trying and I think that, you know, a lot of times we do feel more comfortable because of the society we live in feeling like we can culturally relate to the person. Um, and sometimes we can't, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised. Like just cause it's a black woman doesn't mean but does that mean like doesn't mean that she can necessarily relate to you or someone who shares your same religious beliefs does that mean they can't be a good provider absolutely not mm-hmm. um does that mean that um they can't help you like each person i believe like there was something to gain maybe starting out that's helpful but as you progress as you develop a more a greater sense of self-actualization um, that as you deal with your depression, your mental health issues, and just all the shit that we all have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't have to go to therapy because you have a mental health diagnosis. Again, I want to reinforce, you should go to health therapy because it's like exercising. It's like tutoring. Like, it helps you live a, a good, well-balanced life. Mm-hmm. And I realize that, like, some of that is a thing of privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if folks in the hood are just trying to survive, right? Mm -hmm. They're just trying to eat, Mm -hmm. just trying to feed their kids and wake up and get to work in the morning and figure out their bus route. Um, But hopefully, just like you can get to the doctor if something is wrong with your blood sugar or your blood pressure and you can recognize those things that we're doing better as a society that we're saying that, okay, you also probably need to go talk to someone about this other stuff. You also need to see a psychiatrist. Maybe you're clinically depressed and maybe those other things and that you will have access to providers who actually care mm-hmm. and um, to be able to get help. So, and again, in listen like if you feel like your doctor is not listening to you get another doctor Mm. I don't care if you own Medicaid I don't care if you went like you have the right to be treated well and and you know and I you have the right to have your doctor explain to you and this isn't just for mental health this is for health in general like don't act like you know what they're talking about if you don't. Don't accept a diagnosis. If they're saying that you're bipolar, schizophrenic, don't accept that shit. Ask them to explain why. Why did you come to that to that diagnosis? Mm-hmm. Um, and really like self-advocating so that you're not stigmatized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you're also not accepting labels that might not be accurate. Right, and then I think that also... I mean, obviously, there are a lot of different issues, like, in the healthcare system more broadly that make people, f- that that kind of discourage people from feeling like they can come in and talk to somebody because it's expensive, right? And so how do you, as a person, know, okay, I need to go in and talk to somebody anyway? Um, or okay. 
Um, so the easiest answer that I can give you, now this is going to sound loaded, is, is you can't. Right? Like, so a lot of us are not even aware of who we are mm-hmm. or have enough insight into our own experiences to appreciate when we don't need help. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times um, to normalize mental health treatment, I tell my patients, everybody needs therapy, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my go-tos is that, like, I think of, so I'm going to talk very specifically right now about black folks, mm-hmm. okay? okay? So, um, and maybe poor people too. So, one of the things that I notice is, and I use this analogy of um, tutoring, mm-hmm. is that I think that this is an overgeneralization, but whatever. I, I, I think that it's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. That a lot of black people think of tutoring as something that you do when you're failing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're a parent and your ch- child needs a tutor, they usually need a tutor because um, they're not, because they're struggling. Right? I mean, do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how we think about it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, pretty mind-blowing to me in college. I was like, wait a minute. Like, you get tutoring when you're doing well? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you get tutoring to stay ahead? Yeah. Not because you're failing? And I think of therapy a lot in that way, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so so a lot of my black patients will come to me, and I will bring up the need for therapy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or in just people in general... And it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with me and I'm not having any major problems. It's how we deal with marriages. Like often we don't go to marital counseling until there's a problem. Mm-hmm. When really, if, um, if you go when things are good, that's when the work is done, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you go when there's a problem, you're focused on the problem. Mm-hmm. And that is where all your energy goes. But if you go before there's a problem, you actually are more insightful. Mm-hmm. So, and you're more likely to prevent having a problem in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? That's when the real work is done, Mm -hmm. right? That's when, when there's calm, that's when, at least from the type of therapy that I do, that that's when we're the most insightful with who we are and we get the best understanding. Um, But usually we go when there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things about if you go and see someone else, if you go and see a professional, if you're depressed, so you don't necessarily have to see a psychiatrist. If you're seeing a counselor, a therapist, they can often recognize it before you can and refer and can refer you to see someone else. So a lot of the patients that I get are coming to me because maybe they've seen someone else or maybe their family has said something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I'm going to get help. But usually that's when there's a lot of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... And we're waiting until things are really, really bad. But a professional might recognize things before we can. Because unfortunately, I think that a lot of our experiences, I think we don't, we're so used to suffering that we don't recognize how much Mm -hmm. suffering we're actually experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. And that our suffering is not normal, Mm -hmm. that it really is suffering. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think, you know, I, I think it's unreasonable to expect you or anyone let's say, who has any 
who has cancer mm -hmm. to recognize all the symptoms of their cancer, right? Mm -hmm. But you recognize something's wrong mm -hmm. and you go and see a professional and they do, they do tests, they take lab values, they do pathology um, and they make a diagnosis. So it's kind of the same thing, mm -hmm. that something isn't right. The problem with, I think, a lot of people of color is that we live with so much that are normal and so abnormal yeah. <laughs> that we minimize our experience and we don't recognize our own suffering and we think we're okay and we're not, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing I think that happens is that... Um, how we view like when we think of what depression is mm -hmm. that we think of weakness mm -hmm. um, and we think of sadness and we're not allowed to be that mm -hmm. and um, we got to stop diagnosing ourselves one mm -hmm. and two um, you know sometimes it ain't sadness it's anger mm -hmm. that it is um, your inability to sleep that it is your inability to engage with the world that it is just an overall sense of hopelessness and helplessness. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe it isn't sadness that clinically, diagnostically, what I'm looking for, there are multiple things that I'm looking for and not just one thing. What I really want to say is having, like, black doctors are important, right? Like, like, some of the limitations have nothing to do with us. When you walk in the room and you feel like that person cannot relate to you, that they don't understand you, that shit is important because the reality is a lot of them cannot. Mm -hmm. And so some of it is us being present mm -hmm. and having networks where we can find providers that look like us, that can relate to us. Now, some of it might not be true. It might be an assumption that we're making, but to be in a, like, you know, it's one thing to have co cultural competency training. It's another thing to be like, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> like, I lived it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you don't have to tell me. Like, yeah, like I remember when my friend got killed in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember what that shit feels like. Mm -hmm. um, I know what it's like when um, my auntie is smoking dope. Like, <laughs> you know, like um, or my drunk uncle or mm -hmm. all of that shit. That is a real experience for me. Now, you don't necessarily know that. But I think that the genuineness of that comes through, right? Okay, so go. Okay, so leading from what you just said mm -hmm. to something that you said earlier, which is that we normalize a lot mm -hmm. of our experiences, and I think you know, and also where you started, which is that you're going to speak directly to Black people and probably poor people, kind mm -hmm. of generally. So my you know, non-professional, you know, non-psychiatrist kind of evaluation right. of, like, the hood and, like, gr you know, growing up where I grew So growing up in Compton and seeing, I mean, just craziness, right, right is that because everybody's seeing that same craziness and because a lot of people are um, projecting in the same ways, we think that, oh, yeah, we experienced that and we're fine. And so I think that for a lot of a, a lot of people, the question of like how you know, and so you said earlier that you don't, like you don't know, but how do we get more poor people, more black people in to see 
and talk to people and recognize that seeing that stuff was not okay. Experiencing that was not okay. Like, you may think that you coped. You may think that you're past it, but it's still... A lot of the stuff that you're dealing with now, it could be manifesting in a lot of different ways that you're unaware of. Absolutely. Like, how do you... How do you... How do we... Well, we have conversations like this. Yeah. Okay. So, yay for us. Um, And like I said, and more of us have to be um, committed to to helping ourselves, right? Like, to whom much is given, much is um, expected, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, we have to be willing to give back and to work within our own communities. Mm -hmm. So, it's that. But also, um, we have to be honest, like... With our families, mm-hmm. because I think that, um, and so I see this in a lot of black and Latino families that, like, a lot of people who generally wouldn't come in, come in because their family members are like, yo, you are not okay. Mm-hmm. And so it might be like, yo, Amy coming in and being like, you gonna come see somebody, right? <laughs> like, um, or your mother bringing you in and being like, I don't know what's going on, but something is not right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really being willing to allow yourself to the allow yourself to be vulnerable to a point where you can ask for help. Mm-hmm. That you like the reality is we don't have our shit together, right? <laughs> like when you think you do, like you don't have it together, and you can't handle everything on your own. Which is why I said, like, the, your your stuff shows up. Maybe not, you're not some person crying in the corner, but you're fucking angry all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I see this so much. It's, it's tragic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the things, and I often have to tell my patients, like, the stuff you don't want to talk about, that's the stuff you need to talk about. That stuff that's too painful, that's actually why you're at work cussing everybody out, right? Mm-hmm. Why are you getting why you're you're getting reported, why you can't keep a job, why you can't have healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, right? So I know a lot of adults that had like friends, family that had really rough childhoods, right? Mm-hmm. But their perception is that everybody has rough childhoods and that as an adult, at this point in their life, they have gotten past it or they've dealt with it or they've coped with it. And that's that it's not affecting them. So not the stuff that's like, okay, you know, these are visible changes in your mood, your behavior, the way that you're talking to people, but things that have kind of been there your whole life. So you're, (laughs) you're talking more. Oh, great thing. You're talking more about, like, childhood trauma, right? Which is the shit that lives with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and from, like, developmentally, from, like, a psychological standpoint, like, the core of who you are as an individual and what all your defenses are based in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I'll say. What we know is... Okay, so this is what I suggest everyone does, right? Mm-hmm. So when I do my clinical assessments, I actually have my patients do this because I think that as physicians, we miss this and um, patients don't appreciate it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something called the ACE study. Have you heard of the ACE study? Mm-hmm. And it's adverse childhood experience, right? 
So there's this set of questions. I think it's like 10 questions. And you can look it up. You can Google the shit, right? And it's actually on the CDC website. And all of this research has been done. So forgive me. Um, I don't know, like, the specific um, clinicians who did this. But it's this really powerful, like, study that needed to be done but needed to be actually peer-reviewed science and there's so much research that has come out of this that is kind of reinforcing what we already know so a study is a set of questions that's like as a child have you experienced like um different things so like a parent with a mental health issue right Mm -hmm. with a mental health diagnosis have you witnessed domestic violence Mm-hmm. Have you experienced any form of child abuse, neglect, things like that, right? Um, and you answer these questions, and based on your score, there are different predictors of what your health outcomes will be. And so, like, we might think, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. If your parent committed suicide and went to prison and you were abused and your mother was on drugs, you're going to have issues, Right. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you might have a, that's what we would think, but it's not just that. It's like, no, actually, you're more likely to be obese. Mm. You're more likely mm. to have diabetes. Mm. Like, there are all these health outcomes. You're more likely to have certain cancers mm. that are directly correlated to how high your ACE score is, right? Mm. Um, and it also will affect your children. Mm-hmm. And so, really unpacking like childhood trauma is so so important not just for your mental health but also for your physical health because like you feel good you like physically you're better yeah. right um you're healthy yeah so you like probably practice healthier behaviors and right. habits and stuff like that and how many people like <sighs> <That's so crazy. laughs> yeah. and all of this stuff is connected and i think what happened is this was like a um some family physicians so it wasn't even psychiatrists who did this. Mm-hmm. It's family medicine doctors from Kaiser San Diego that noticed, so this was probably a very psychodynamically oriented family uh, practitioner who was like, I noticed that like a lot of my women patients who were molested are also obese. Mm-hmm. or And they noticed that there were certain patterns that they were seeing in their patients and medical diagnoses that were associated with these childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And so really dealing with those childhood experiences, and again, so, and depression, substance abuse, and so substance abuse is one of those things too, like substance abuse, and how all of these things are interconnected, really appreciating like what you went through as a child and what you've been unable to process or unable to deal with um is manifesting in your adult self Mm -hmm. in ways that you're not even aware of right Mm -hmm. because a lot of it is unconscious and the beauty of the brain is that of the human mind is that like it protects us but it also harms us right Mm -hmm. so some things you don't remember from a conscious standpoint But again, like I said, but your behaviors are indicative of this past trauma. And I'm telling you, black people have a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful in some ways in that we are resilient Mm -hmm. and we can thrive in ways that other people cannot. But it's also traumatic in that it prevents us from experiencing um, happiness and joy and love and being able to be affectionate to our children. And I mean, and from a deeper, like, from a more historical standpoint, like, we can argue that 
living in America and um, experiencing generate like you know starting from slavery and even if you think about what's going on right now because I'm like oh like this is what this whole like um, these immigration facilities can we see how traumatizing this is for these children Mm -hmm. and if you think of like children being snatched away from their parents and um so that experience is probably similar. What's probably dissimilar is that hopefully we'll get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it won't, you know, and we're recognizing it and that, yeah. it, that shit was normal. Yeah. And we recognize for that generations. Yeah. yeah. Or and, at least not everybody, but there yeah. is a, there is but a I lot mean, of people, a lot, a lot of people that recognize that this is flawed. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And that, um, and, and I guess I mean that for black people that like this was our ancestors' experiences and then like how many people are like, my grandmother is not affectionate, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And she talks about her mother not being affectionate. Mm-hmm. Like what is that rooted in, right? Mm-hmm. When that's so important to children, just being hugged and loved and, um, and being able to really think about like how much of our shit mm-hmm. um, is from generations of trauma, of mm-hmm. childhood trauma, that we're not even conscious of, that we're still giving to our own children, and then you add into that like, sh- like structural violence and um, institutional racism, and the things that destroy families, and it's like, fuck, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. We should be really messed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think to answer the question about how do you tell whether or not this is like just my personality or I'm having real symptoms is to one, recognize that personality disorders are actually are within the DSM-5 um, criteria and that they are things that can be treated, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's necessarily what you're asking me. Mm-hmm. What I think it can be, because I think we have a lot of people with undiagnosed personality disorders or coping or lack of coping mechanisms that are consistent with certain personality disorders. Um, But again, I think it feeds back into the functional impairment. Mm -hmm. Like, does it affect your relationships so much? And does it affect your overall sense of self and well-being and how people engage with you? And if so, um, then you need to go seek help for that. Now, personality disorders might be the difference or just personality characteristics, right? Is probably more so the realm of like therapy, like talk, different types of talk therapy mm-hmm. than it is um, necessarily medication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the medication can help, mm-hmm. but um, really like going into therapy and getting insight into why are learning different ways of um, communicating, mm-hmm. of dealing with people, of um, and of just being, so that your overall quality of life and your wellness is just better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Um, thanks so much for listening. Again, this was a um, extension of episode 10 on mental health and self-care so i hope that this was helpful if you have any questions or comments you know where to find us we're on instagram we have gmail we're on twitter um yeah stay tuned for our episode next week where zelma and i will be discussing media and the uh, promotions of violence bye